Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. Today, we have a young professional, a young creative who moved here from the big city of Atlanta uh, to go to school here and ended up staying here after school because he, he loved the area, he felt uh, connected with it, and now he's moving away. Uh, his name is Evan Daniels. Uh, he may be unfamiliar to some of you, but he may be super familiar with the rest of us because uh, if you're in a creative community like we are, you've, you've Chances are you've heard his name or seen his face somewhere, and he's laughing because uh, he he probably doesn't want to think that way. But um, he he's definitely vocal. Um, Evan, welcome back. This is your second time. It's my second time in less than a calendar, a twelve month span. It's great to be back. Yeah, yeah, uh, very short time. And uh, I mean, the only reason that you're back so soon is because. I don't know when you'll be back. It's very true. Everything's <laughs> changed since the last one, which is when I was working at the Lafayette Education Foundation. We talked about education. We talked about caring for the community. And now, it's on the way out. You know? So, oh man, it's so surreal to think that you have to move. And um, just to kind of put context to the move, if you're listening, um, so the coronavirus Still a, still a thing of conversation, still actively present in the community. Um, in the beginning of the, uh, I say in the beginning of the year, kind of into February, early March, uh, things really started to pick up with the coronavirus. Uh, and then a stay-at-home order came into place and people started losing their jobs. Evan, you lost your yes. job. Yes, I did. So what were you doing before you lost your job? I was working as a programs director for the Lafayette Education Foundation, which is a nonprofit that's been around for about 35 years, 36 years, serving uh, the school system in Lafayette Parish, public, private, parochial charter. Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Let me uh, adjust this mic to make sure that it's a little closer to you. Okay. I'll make sure that we can hear you. All right. So... So you lost that position yeah. because of the coronavirus. Uh, essentially, every company that got hit with the news of the stay-at-home order realized that business was starting to slack off. Yeah, absolutely. And funding, of course, revenue slows down. Um, what did you do? What are some of the things that you did once you lost your job to be able to figure out your next step, like what was the next step for you? So, um, I, ironically, I've been in this place of unemployment before, right? And uh, one of my family members, my mom actually works for the Department of Labor for Georgia. So what you do when you get laid off, according to her, is you immediately file for unemployment. So that was like the very first thing I did. Uh, started filing for weekly benefits, put in all that information and submitted that out. Um, and then the next thing I did was I opened my resume and cause I was like, I got to get ahead of it. You know, if you're looking around the nation, the amount of people who are in my skill set of like creating, producing, marketing, selling a lot of, there are a lot of cutoffs in that industry. It's usually the first thing to go when something gets, gets hard is they, they you know, they cut the marketing department. <laughs> um, so yeah, we know that, right. That, that always happens. So I was like, well, crap, man, there's a whole bunch of other people in the marketing department who are also looking for jobs right now. We're in the same boat that I am. 
I got to get ahead of this. Uh, so redid my resume, um, and then just kind of hit that moment of, well, I got to get, I got to get above everybody else's like grabby little hands. Um, and so I called my boss, uh, or my former boss at that point, <laughs> and was like, "Hey, can I shoot a video in our office? Because I have to go clean up my stuff anyway. Why don't I shoot this?" Yeah, video? I was wondering where that video was shot. Yeah, so I was like, "Listen, I just want to do." I was like, "It's a really painless video, but like, I just let me try." So she's like, "Yeah, of course, go for it." So I actually shot it in her office, um, and what it was is a video of me conducting a job interview for myself. Um, so you interviewed yourself. I interviewed myself, and like. I have video experience. Not a lot of video experience went into this video. It's very like poorly cut, very <laughs> roughly done, um, and kind of like intentionally low quality, right? Because it's like it's fast, right? It needed to be done quickly. Yeah. So I shot it uh, maybe three hours after I'd been laid off. Um, and that was quick. That was a, it. Was a pretty fast. Like this is the idea. We're going to go ahead and shoot this. So what's interesting? You shot it so fast within three hours of being laid off. Mm-hmm. I mean. There, a lot of people that get laid off or lose their job, they go through a grieving period. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like, it was that I have bills to pay. Like, yeah. we will grieve later. But right now, we need to put, like, a serious effort into finding another job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so. that was a serious effort. Um, you know, besides, you, you, so you grieve later. You, you created this video. Yeah. And people rallied behind you. Yes, they did. So it was insane. After the video went live on Facebook or wherever the social yeah. media is that you posted it on, what led up to that? Like, what happened after that? So I posted it the next day because I didn't want to post. I didn't want to post it too soon, right after being laid off, and it mm-hmm. come across in a crazy other way. I wanted it to like come across fast, so I posted it the next morning on Facebook and Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Those were the three that I decided to post it on. And people, oh, my Facebook crowd just like blew up. Like everybody was sharing it. People were loving it, commenting on it. Um, and like when you do something that's like mildly creative, you don't really think it's as great as other people think it does. You think it is. And so everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a novel idea." Yeah. And when I shot it, I was like, "There's going to be somebody else out here who also thinks they should do an interview with themselves." Nobody. No one has. No one's come around with that. I have had a couple people reach out to me and say, "Hey, can I do this for my own interview?" Like, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, but so within a day, I think I posted it on like a Friday. And like by 24 hours later, we were at like 3,000 views, um, several hundred shares. My resume had been seen like 500 times. Um, like it, and I still like, people are like, oh, you're, you're a social media guy. Of course you wouldn't anticipate this to do well. Like no one anticipates it to no. do that well, right? Like, you're pleasantly surprised, but you're not like thinking it, this is, I'm automatically going to have all my family and friends reach out right. and do this amazing thing. And I'm still super, super grateful for that. And I can't take credit for that because there's no way to anticipate my community coming around <laughs> the way they did. So, um, yeah, it, it blew up. Well, um, that's amazing. I want to take a second to give a shout out to our brand new sponsor, um, they are the Music Academy of Acadiana, and I got a little uh, brief uh, description. So the Music Academy of Acadiana is Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. Um, it fits right into the whole creative uh, conversation that we're having. Um, they teach students of all ages. 
all styles. They have sent students to college they, uh, to compete in major music competitions. And they have also premiered uh, on major TV music contests like American Idol, The Voice. Um, they were founded by the uh, University of Louisiana of Lafayette Music School graduate uh, Tim Benson. Uh, the Academy has been voted as top as a top finalist in the Best Music School by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Uh, their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Music Academy of Acadiana, there are websites on the screen. It's musicacademyacadiana.com. Um, yep. And so it's no of, it's uh, musicacademyacadiana.com. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. And we really appreciate Tim Benson with the Music Academy of Acadiana for sponsoring the next month of episodes. So uh, it keeps me... Uh, fed it keeps the company running uh, we don't we don't fall into a pit of the coronavirus uh, hole um, so we thank you for that so back to uh, the conversation so the video unexpectedly does well yeah um, it's over 3,000 views how how fast did it get to 3,000 views uh, that was that 24 hour period 24 hours um, 3,000 something views and that's not that was like just on Facebook on LinkedIn it started off a lot slower it's a slower platform right um, but the crazy things that started happening was the amount of people who reached out who became freelance clients um, and then on LinkedIn someone who worked at LinkedIn saw it um, and Wait, somebody who worked at LinkedIn okay. saw it and they were like we love this video this is great can we share it and I was like yeah sure why not it's on social media to be shared and they go, hey, you know, just to help you out, we're going to give you LinkedIn Premium for six months. Wow. Which is, like, LinkedIn Premium is an extremely expensive yeah, for no apparent reason. Yeah. It's like $89. Um, but the cool thing is, is that it shows you not only who views your stuff, but when you're job hunting, it lets you find companies that uh, you are in the top tier of applicants based off of your previous experience. All right. Um, Which is helpful. Super helpful, right? Because, you know, every application is a shot in the dark. You go, I think I'm qualified. We'll see. Um, and so my application, I started applying. I mean, I was already applying like crazy, but now I had LinkedIn recommending places for me to apply. Um, and so I was, by the end of it, I did my final count. I was over like 189 job inter- like job applications had gone out in about <laughs> three weeks. Um, so I got a little competitive on getting my name out there. <laughs> yeah, you got super competitive. I mean, but to someone who has bills and someone who's, uh, I don't want to say you are desperate, but yeah, and, no, and it's, it's totally desperate. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. so um, you get you get all this attention as far as finding a job. Uh, we spoke some time before, and you had conversations with Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, just. Got an email back, and they're like, we're really interested in your resume. We'd love to talk to you. So I had a, um, a first-name first interview with Nickelodeon for a content producer role um, and then made it through the second to the second round of interviews, which that was like a childhood dream. You do creative stuff, and you write stories, and you tell stories all day. Of course, you want to be a, like a television producer uh, for your childhood television yeah. channel, which is I'm a huge Nick at Night fan and Nickelodeon fan. So um, that was like a mind-blowing moment, and I think that was the job interview that made me go, oh, crap, I'm probably going to end up leaving the state. 
because uh, that office, that job was in New York. And since then, like, I had applied to stuff outside of Lafayette, outside of Louisiana. But, like, I had not really gotten that many, like, that much engagement. Nothing had really come through. Also, this is over, like, when I say not much engagement, meaning that, like, I applied and I didn't hear anything back, like, the next day. Um, and so this Nickelodeon thing hits and I was like, like, for me, it was like a real serious consideration that, oh, like, I'm a, like, this is probably going to take me out of the state. Like, <laughs> were you scared for that? No, I wasn't scared. Um, I think I was a little like sad. Uh, it was more of anything. I didn't feel scared about it. It wasn't like, what am I going to do? Because I've moved places and right. um, I've done the like, oh, let's start from scratch. Let's figure it out. And I'm, I'm a wanderer. So like if I go to a new place, I'm going to explore it and be fine. So my favorite things to do is end up in a new city and then walk aimlessly for a period of time. <laughs> um, so I was like, no, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> but like the, the community I've built here and the reasons. And the last time you asked me while I was on here, you asked me why I had stayed behind. Yeah. All those reasons are still very true. And so it was like, well, OK. Like I knew I was going to have to leave Lafayette eventually. Like there was no way around that. Uh, I just didn't expect it to be in this time frame and because of this situation. Why did you think that you would have to leave Lafayette eventually? I think when it, well, I know for my career, like there was going to hit a place where for me to continue to grow, I was going to have to move out of the state. Um, part of that being inevitability of just like knowing of how cities grow, of the place our city's at. I think another part was just culturally that, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into this eventually, but like, I love Lafayette. I would never want to raise my family here. Um, and like, I, I didn't want to do that. And so I knew by the time I wanted to like settle down and, and have kids that I wanted to be in a different kind of environment. Um, and then also like, I'm 25. So like, I can't, I can't imagine myself for me. I can't imagine myself staying in one place for the rest of my life at 25. Right. Um, I think there's still way too much more to explore and too much more to do. And to... you're not you're not married. You don't have any kids no, right now. No, dude, so. I'm good. I'm doing great. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this is the time to go out and, and yeah. see other things and yeah. explore other cultures. Um, and it's something I've told all my friends. I tell them to like if they if they're from Lafayette, I'm like yo, after college, get out. Like go somewhere. Um, if you can come back later, but like go explore other cultures. If they've not from Lafayette, I encourage them to stay for a little bit and knock out some really great career stuff and then go somewhere else. Like, I don't, and it's like a return later, but get out while you can and go and do stuff. So, yeah, I think that's good advice for anybody who's young and can risk, uh, getting out there without having to worry about, uh, how do they support a family and all that good stuff? Cause now I'm 34. Yeah. I'm, uh, roughly 10 years older than <laughs> right, you are. Right. And I have, I'm married. I have a kid. It would be tough for me to do anything at this moment. Absolutely. Um, but I was 24 when I moved to Lafayette. For me, I had already lived in a couple of other cities. One other city, I guess, that would be considered equivalent to uh, Lafayette. And I felt like Lafayette was kind of my place where I felt like I, I could settle down. Oh, for sure. And obviously, uh, a short time after I moved here, I created Developing Lafayette. So right. I kind of had something. Right, right. But um, so... so to kind of keep going, um, the video did well. It, it got a lot of attention. Yep. Uh, you, you had some good contacts with some different companies, Nickelodeon being one. Um, so the next thing that happened is you you made it public that 
you found a job. Yep. Tell us about that. So this was through the LinkedIn, you know, hey, you're in the top percentage to match or whatever for a position was this position as a social media specialist. And it was really an afterthought application uh, where you can do an easy apply. You send them your resume. You don't think anything else about it. And so I, when I got the information that they're like, congrats, we'd like to do an interview with you. I couldn't find the job application. Uh, I just, I could, I'd applied for so many other jobs that I could not find this job's description. I couldn't find any of the information I sent them. And so I went into the interview blind, um, not sure exactly <laughs> what I had applied for and uh, was able to like figure it out well enough. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can still do this job. Um, and just through that process, ended up meeting a huge advocate who is now my current boss and uh, vice president. And he was just very friendly and very open. Um, which had my like red flags kind of go up because I'm not one of those kind of people. Um, but just like he was so nice and so friendly during the job application process. Um, and it's consistently advocated on the side as well. So I um, made it through their three interview process and they were like, hey, can you get on board it like that same week? Um, so I started working for Waverly on May 1st as their social media specialist for a company that is growing and doing well. Waverly is an app. Right, so it is um, based out of San Mateo, California, which you could just say is Silicon Valley or the Bay Area. Yeah, um, it's an automated job board app. So in the same categories of LinkedIn, Glassdoor, all these things, where you look for jobs, there's Waverly, and Waverly is really focused on the tech sector. Right, and they kind of blown up in the LA, San Mateo County, which is San Francisco Bay Area kind of sector. Um, for tech jobs. But the thing that is really cool about this app, you know, there's always got to be something cool. Like, I right, just right. always got to be like a hook or something. Is that, like, one, they're using an AI to match you with jobs. So, like, kind of imagine Tinder or Bumble or all these other dating where they're like, oh, these people are in your area. These people like the same stuff you like, whatever. It's the same thing, but it's for your job, for your next job. So it's like a dating service for jobs. Right. And, and then you're you're chatting with recruiters on it. So you actually, uh, and the company's based out of China, right? So they don't really do a lot of as much email as it is just like via phone conversations and communication. So that same principle applies to this app where instead of you'd send a formal email to your recruiter, you send them a chat message in app. And that's how you actually build your correspondence with the recruiter about the position. Okay. Um, which then leads to the recruiter, if you do well, asking for the resume, then you set up a formal interview. But you've already had this personal communication via chat the whole way through. And how old is this company, Waverly? Uh, Waverly's existed. I mean, they've they were the second largest job board app in China for like the last four or five years, I believe. Okay. Um, this is their second year in America. Um, and still readily growing. We just launched our New York office yesterday. Um, so in the middle of the pandemic, I'm at the company that's like, yeah, we're doing fine. Um. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's so interesting how you, you, the way you talk about Waverly, you've, you've already have established that you're, you're a part of the company. Could you say we and all that? That's, right. that's really so fast. <laughs> it's so fast from, uh, um, uh, what, uh, about two months ago, you, you lost your job. Right. You were desperate. You made a video interviewing yourself. You had tons of communication with, uh, you know, other positions. And then you, you, you found or got connected with Waverly. Uh, 
and now you're working there since May 1st. Yep. So what is your position there? What do you do? So it's a social media production position. I schedule, write, and create content for Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, as well as all of our instant chat features there. I also help with social media advertising. Um, so it's finally it's the first job I've had where I'm only doing social media. And this is something that you're like, this is the desired job that you wanted? Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's like a mixture. I wanted really a producer kind of, you know, role in this. It's kind of producer. It's kind of, it's kind of letting me do that. I still have my hand in the creative, but it's also at a place where there's upward mobility, right? So I can grow with the company um, even over the next however long I end up being there. Um, and it gives a lot more options for connectivity outside of the industry itself, which is really cool to see. All right, so there, there's something that I think other people may be wondering about. Is so, uh, how is the move going to be for you? So, you, I, I think you and I have spoken. Yeah. You've lived in California for a short time before mm-hmm. moving around other places. So, California is not necessarily unfamiliar for you. No, but this sector is. This, uh, okay. Yeah. So, tell us about the move and. How you are, like where where you are, what part of the California area you're going to be staying? Like, yeah. tell us a little bit about. So that. where I lived in California before was SoCal. I lived in San Diego for two summers uh, and interned out there, and it was a great experience. This is NorCal, so this is San Francisco area. Um, planning to live in the Oakland area and work south of San Francisco. Uh, so like very different climate of the state. Um, as for how the move is going, I'm, a, I'm starting from scratch, so I'm selling all of my belongings except for my clothes, my music, and my computer stuff, and my camera stuff, so like my basics, and everything else is being sold or dropped off, which reminds me, if anybody wants to buy a desk, right now I'm selling a desk, you just hit me up, it's a great desk, um, but like, you know, it's, it, I, I'm not in a place right now where it's like, oh, I can just, let's get a moving truck and let's just move everything because... Um, the, the cost of living is so much different out there. The, the standard of living is different out there. Like right now where I'm living, I'm living in a two bedroom, one bath duplex in downtown Lafayette. And I'm super comfortable there. There, I can't afford anything close to that size in San Francisco. So I'm moving to a one bedroom out of a four bedroom, two bath situation. Um, that my bedroom is probably about half the size of the bedroom that I I sleep in now. So it just made sense to sell (laughs) everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're probably paying what about the same price? No, I'll still be paying more. Oh, you're you're gonna be paying more. I'll be paying more. This is a steal, and it's uh, right at a thousand dollars a month. You said a steal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's so a think flight. about that. Huh? It's, it's <laughs> nearly an hour away from where I work. Um. <laughs> that is crazy. So obviously, the differences, uh, you know, are cost of living and standard of living, and you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Lafayette and why Lafayette could not produce a reason or a a method of keeping you. And I say you as in not only just you, but like people like you, creative people. What could Lafayette do or what does Lafayette lack, if, if anything, which I'm pretty sure there's things that we lack. I'm, I'm not going to be naive about that. Um, what could be done to have kept you and people like you from leaving? Well, like, I think the first thing I would say is, you know, every city's lacking, right? Um, and I did have offers here. 
They okay. just were not at all at the caliber of this office. Gotcha. Um, and the caliber of this offer, really. You know, and so I think the the first thing is that because um, when you say caliber, explain that a little bit. Pay, okay, pay, so pay or, benefits, uh, upward mobility, the opportunity to grow. Um, like I've gotten, a lot, I've had positions here that are overseeing what we departments or things like that. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily happen all the time when you're 25. But and while it's a great thing to have on your resume at 22 or whatever, it also means that there's not that many places to go up from there. Um, and here, so, here, yeah, yeah. So I've run into that problem a lot where I have much more experience than I do years. Um, and so they're like, well, great. You can oversee this whole thing. It's like, well, that's fantastic. But there's only like two people above me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so being able to have positions to grow in to where you don't feel like you've peaked. Um, also just the formality of the situation. I had one job offer where it wasn't even a formal job offer. They just wanted me to start working. Um, and it was like, I don't know if it was just like the more relaxed culture here and the way like the whole interview was very relaxed, but like there's a, there's a way that things are supposed to proceed and there's paperwork and there's procedures and there's steps and all this stuff. And when you don't follow that, then like I can't take the job seriously. Um, and so I was actually ironically in the middle of negotiating a job offer when Waverly's offer came in. And so I was like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go in and take this one because they actually made an actual offer. Um, wow. So this like, there's a perk to a city being as casual as, as Lafayette is. There are also some drawbacks. And I think one of those is how we present ourselves in professional settings, that we get so comfortable with what is considered fine here. Um, and again, that's great. But we still have to have these other standards for stuff. And when yeah. those aren't met, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Um. <laughs> look, 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 look. Uh, side note. Uh, you, you, you mentioned casual Lafayette. So there's a running joke, uh, whether people believe it or not, um, that we're so casual that we'll even go into what is considered fine dining in ca- cargo shorts, yep. khaki shorts. I have no concept that that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, all that to say, like, I'm not, that wasn't like the reason I left. Yeah. Um, the reason that I'm leaving Lafayette is the same reason it was always going to be to leave Lafayette. And it's the same thing that everybody else has is that like where there's an investment of opportunity right now, it may not be here in every sector and it's not here in every sector. Right. So as a creative, there are only so many different places I can work. Yeah. And, you know, other cities have put a higher value on creative that does not exist here. <laughs> and people are like what no we love marketers and graphic designers it's like yeah but no you don't um because if we did we'd have more of those opportunities here and there's a capacity right so i'm not saying that every creative person that comes out of whatever college they go to or ends up living here has to automatically find a job in a creative sector or industry but when the demand is so niche and it's so small um and on top of that when it's so nepotistic then yeah there's a point where you go okay i'm probably not going to find a job here um, I, you know, I agree exactly with what you're saying. Um, I'm a creative person. Uh, I moved here doing graphic design. I got lucky um, or blessed, you know, used whatever terminology. Sure, uh, sure. I'm going to use blessed because it was something that I felt like was uh, inter- intervened in my life. Right. So I moved here to go work at a sign shop. I won't name the sign shop. Um, but I worked there 
you know, making decent pay. Mm-hmm. Like for me, being 24, making the, the, the hourly wage that I was making, which, by the way, I didn't get that job. Uh, because they wanted me to go work there for them, I they they, they invited me to go tour it, to go check out the place because they saw some work that I had done. Hmm. So I was living an hour away, moved here. I mean, uh, came here to go visit the shop, and then I brought my resume, I brought my portfolio. I came here like I'm ready to unload mm-hmm. and get a job here. They don't know that I'm wanting to get a job here, but I'm gonna get a job here. So uh, I did that and managed to get a job, and then I got let go. Hmm. Shortly after, I was uh, I was trying to be a social media manager before social media management was cool. <laughs> uh, I got on Facebook. I was doing some plugs for them on Facebook. Uh, I made a lapse in judgment on a post. Uh, not a bad post, but it was just not what the boss had liked. Sure. And um, I got let go that day. And trying to find a job in another creative position yeah. in Lafayette was so hard. Yeah. Even... Even the amount of experience that I've had, which was not as much as others, but I I struggled. I, I applied at every sign shop. Mm-hmm. I applied at every uh, marketing agency, every ad agency, everywhere. I had a few interviews. One of them was uh, with Jackie Russo at Russo Group. Uh, I think it was Brand Russo now. It was an amazing interview. I showed her all the stuff that I'd done, and I, I still lacked a few things in the experience sure. as far as programming, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't get a job, and I ended up working at Chili's for a few months <laughs> as a server, and I did pretty well at it for yeah, those yeah. few months, and then I ended up getting a position at uh, in Lake Charles. I drove to Lake Charles an hour and a half away, you know, uh, I think three days out of the week to wow. work there, and then I worked from home uh, before working from home was really that cool, yeah. and uh, I didn't last long there. Found another job here at a t-shirt shop. Mm-hmm. Learned some new skills there, yeah. and then ultimately went to golfballs.com, which was a great company that I didn't even know that existed here in Lafayette yeah. shortly. But um, so, so kind of going along with uh, this this topic of you know what Lafayette may be lacking and all that. What are some of the things that are positive about Lafayette that you may miss whenever you do move? I do miss that it's like. That those who care about the community actively care about the community. Um, I know that happens in every city, but I was lucky to find that group of people here in Lafayette. Um, so I'm definitely going to miss those being around those people uh, and seeing them do the great stuff that they, they always do, whether it comes from city programming or community events or philanthropy or fundraising, however it ends up playing out. I always love seeing that stuff um, and being around people who are that supportive. Like It's going to be a big difference not to have them around. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I'm missing, and it's been the thing that's made Lafayette as great as as it has been. Has been those communicate those community relationships. Uh, so you and I spoke before this a few days back. We talked about culture and um, the differences between where you're moving, which yeah. is which is San Francisco, the Bay Area, versus Lafayette. So you said the cultures were vastly different. And I think you used a word, uh, inclusive. Yeah. So elaborate a little bit on, on that and how that is different. Because personally, I feel like Lafayette is pretty inclusive. There, there's, there's some definite improvements that could be made. Sure. But I don't know if that is also because my, my upbringing is different. Sure. I don't know. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about the differences so 
Um, let's say Lafayette strives to be inclusive. I wouldn't say that it is yet. Um, being in communities that have been inclusive before, uh, or we could even say progressive. Like I wouldn't say I wouldn't define Lafayette as progressive. No, um, no, no, definitely not. Right, I mean, you know? there there's some uh, there's some segments sure, of absolutely. progressiveness. And I don't want to say that I'm a progressive person. I'm a pretty moder- moderate person. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty pretty uh, more center right leaning, if that sure, defines sure. anything. But um, but yeah, please continue. So um, yeah, there is there are places where the variety of different cultures is just part of the everyday life. Yeah. Right. And so uh, there becomes this level of inclusivity because it's like, well, yeah, sure. Like everybody else is doing their own thing here. You come on, do your own thing, too. Um, And that's not my experience in Lafayette. What my experience in Lafayette has been. There is a really big focus on Cajun culture. And I understand from the preservation of that culture. But it also downplays a lot of the other cultures in the area uh, where it's more of an assimilation than a recognition of those cultures. And that's my own personal experience. Can't speak for everybody. Um, but going to other cities, and I haven't exactly experienced like the Bay Area. I went to college in San Jose, but I was flying to and from classes. But even in San Diego, um, even in Southern California, even in my time in Atlanta, up in New York, and uh, brief time in Toronto, like the idea of inclusivity of being, regardless, you're at least you're like, we don't even have to make a big deal that you're here. Because it's so common for somebody different to be here. Um, has not been the necessary experience that I've had here. And, you know, when you choose what you want to be around, the fact that you can really make that a very clear and easy choice here in, in Lafayette is, uh, I think it kind of speaks to the lack of inclusivity that exists in the city culturally. When you mean, so you mean you can choose what you want to be around? Yeah, that, absolutely. So explain that a little bit. So like... The our our cultures are so well segmented here. Okay. Right. That if I didn't want to be around Latinos or Hispanics, gotcha. Then I have no reason to. Right. If I don't want to hang around people who aren't entrepreneurs and small business owners, like I don't have to go. I don't have to look around the corner to find it. It's already a segmented group, and then you just you can go to that group, and in being a part of that group, you don't necessarily have to interact with anybody else. <laughs> You know, um, you know, I have to agree with that. That's that's an interesting um, that's an interesting as- assessment of how Lafayette is segmented. And I mean, some people I know the argument is that like in other communities, it's the same way. You hang around the people you want to hang around. Yeah. It's like oh, for sure. But you also are still going to be influenced and interacted with by these other segments, that even if in passing, right? That happen more than like a cultural gathering, like a festival <clears throat> or during Mardi Gras or something like that. So it's just, it's different. It's kind of hard to shade, like show how different it is, but it is. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess when people think of California, and I'm just using California as an example because sure. it's the, it's one of the most, um, one of the most progressive states yeah. besides uh, Seattle and New York sure. area. <clears throat> so uh, I say Seattle's not a state, Washington. Um, but when people look at, California and they they see all the of course Hollywood's obviously a big thing but a lot of the creativity on social media uh, on YouTube on the newer platform TikTok all those things uh, if, if nobody knows what TikTok is uh, check it out I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it I'm checking it out because it's cool it's super creative <laughs> content um, but a lot of the hyper popular people on 
all of those platforms yeah. are California based yeah. or potentially New York based or Washington based or other. You know, it's usually the higher density population. Sure. And I, I I'm going to use my own kind of assessment is. You, when you have a denser population, you have a denser like-minded people that can help, like you yeah, say, uh, bounce ideas off of and kind of get that feeling of that, that community. And yeah. I think that's what California and what you're describing um, also yeah. has. I mean, having a higher level of density makes it a lot easier to find people who are like-minded, right? And sometimes you can go years without experience that if you're not in that dense of an area, Um no, I would definitely agree with that. I think that's why you see so much of it. And also because of the industries that are there, yeah. it draws certain people out there. If you want to make it in entertainment, a lot of people still go to L.A. or to New York. Um, and then you're going to see that as they're pushing their content out, right? That, that's that's how it works. Um, but, yeah, I know that, like, the density of, of Lafayette and, like, how large Lafayette is plays a factor into anything just like the rest of it. Um but it doesn't mean that these aren't things that we're still working on and we still want to do better with, right? right. You know, so no, I definitely agree that um, in places that are more diverse, more dense, you're going to find more diversity. Um, but I also don't think that gives other places an excuse not to engage and right. sit down. No, 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 doubt, you know? no doubt. Um, so, how do you see yourself moving ahead in life once you move? Like, what are some of the the I guess expected growth opportunities for you once you move if you even have thought about that uh, I mean I've thought briefly about it because you always want to have like a direction that you're going in um, so the first thing of course is to get acclimated and just get inundated in the culture and understand that coming from a very different culture entirely um, and coming out here is going to be like a big shift and so not leading the conversation but more learning how to be in the room and partake from the conversation to learn what matters, what are the cultural significant pieces of moving to a new area. But then after that, it's really about getting involved in the community. So the for me, the same way I approached it in Lafayette, where I was like, okay, what's going on in this neighborhood? Um, if I get this apartment, hopefully in the Oakland area, then I want to figure out what's happening in Oakland, because that's where I'm now calling home, even if I'm only there for three to six months. Yeah. I want to dive in. I want to learn what's happening in city politics. I want to learn all that kind of stuff. And then from there, I could figure out if there or where is the, the best place to serve. Um, and so it's not as much as a trajectory for like growth as it is as a trajectory to become a, a citizen in that area is to understand the culture as much as possible, then understand the leaders as much as possible and do my place to do my part to find a place to make a difference. Okay. Yeah. And go from there and do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we are about 40 minutes uh, in, and I'll, I want to start kind of uh, landing the plane. Sure. And so um, you mentioned earlier, um, you, you, of course you're not settled down, but uh, once the time comes where you do get married and possibly have kids, I don't know if kids sure. is in your future, if you even want to have kids. Right. Uh, I don't even, doesn't even look like you're thinking about that at the moment. <laughs> not right now. Uh, but inevitably yeah. you may get married yeah um and you may have kids where do you hope to see yourself when that comes to fruition i don't have a place that like i want to be at i don't you know as long as i'm with a community that i can feel that i can bond and connect with um and also depends on what's happening socially all right uh 
I told myself after the Alton Sterling shooting that I didn't want to raise kids in Lafayette, Louisiana, or just in Louisiana, because it was such a, a heavy moment. And I watched how the community responded. And I said, there's every city has its bumps. I don't want this to be one of the bumps that my kids are going to have to deal with. Um, and so who knows, by the time I have kids, the social climate could have changed in Louisiana. Um, same thing for Atlanta, same thing for anywhere else. And that's going to be the biggest deciding factor. Um, I'm not as thrilled to return home. Neither of my parents. They're like, if you move back to Atlanta, you move back to Atlanta. We don't really care. We'd love to have you home, but the choice is really up to you. Um, okay. So I don't have mm -hmm. any outsiding extenuating forces saying to come here or come there. Uh, I'm going to make the best move for me and my family um, and get us into the safest place as possible. Right. Where I feel that um, my future kids can experience a bevy of cultures and learn how to make the world a better place. And if that happens to be back in Louisiana, then it'll be back in Louisiana. But so you're not ultimately shunning Louisiana. But if no. Louisiana gets to a place where you feel that it, it aligns with how you want to raise up your family, then you'd move yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, the amount of just... As I said, every city has its bumps, yeah. right? You know, but the first time that I dealt with uh, police misconduct was here, of being searched and going through all this stuff and being profiled for being black, and and I was not doing anything to deserve such a thing, and that's happened a couple times. So to this me. has happened to you directly in Lafayette, Louisiana. Gotcha. So it's not like I'm hearing stories and I'm going, "Oh no, I don't want to see that happen," even though there's a good part of that for sure. Um, and so I'd say like, if any, like, I don't think there's a way for me to feel comfortable, you know, raising up a kid who would have to deal with the same issues. Now, Lafayette totally flips the game, changes the story, invest in more opportunities for these young leaders instead of it being a mentality that you go to college and you get out, then yeah, for sure. Like it's never off the list. Um, and if nothing else, then I can ignore our issues like a lot of other people do and just come and enjoy festival. <laughs> um, right. I don't need to necessarily have to come live yeah. to, to partake in the good parts, but yeah, that's how I look at it. Okay. Um, and continuing to, to uh, land here, are you going to miss the food? I am. Um, but I also have been desperate for like really diverse cuisine. Uh, and so I'm sure I will have moments where I miss like occasional occasion meals. But I'm going to a place with a lot of food options. Yep. So it's not something I've usually craved for, occasion food options, but I've gotten my fill in in the last couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not one of those people who think that Louisiana has the only best food. I know there's great food everywhere. Yeah. Obviously, um, Louisiana is a melting pot of all the, the kind of cultures of food and all that good stuff, too. Um, so... I think uh, I think I have only maybe one or two more questions. Okay. Um, how, so if I guess this is to be my last question because I want to I want to and I could ask a lot more. Um, what advice would you give somebody um, that may be struggling to find a job right now, uh, especially in, in during this particular epidemic, uh, even though it's starting to the 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 curve is starting to kind of flatten. Uh, what advice would you give someone looking for a job, trying to find their way through that may or may not want to have to decide on moving? But if that had to be the case, what are some of the advices would, that you would give? Money is green everywhere. Um, 
I didn't be the first piece of advice. Like, if you can't find a job, that doesn't mean you have to compromise your standards, but it also means you can't turn your nose up at every opportunity that comes its way. When I was in college, I knew this dude, he got a phone call offer from Apple, and he broke down crying because he didn't want to move. We were in Lafayette, Louisiana, and he was like, I just don't want to move. I'm like, okay, you've gotten a job offer at Apple. Man, um, that's a big deal. Right. And, like, you don't, you shouldn't have the, no, you don't have the right to, to say something <laughs> like that. Um, if you're looking for a job and you're in a situation where you can move, if the opportunity calls itself for you to move, take it. Just take it. Like, what, what do you have to lose, right? Um, and I know that it's a hard shift to make. But if there was somebody else who was my age and had the lack of things that I have to tie me down, where pretty much the thing that kept me in Lafayette was a job, um, even though community is great, family is great, friends are great, whatever, um, you can find, you know, good community in any city you go to, um, and that shouldn't be the reason that you stay, right? The reason you should stay is because you're being invested into, and there's an opportunity for you. And if you can't find that, rather than riding it on unemployment. Um, which is going to have its ups and downs, it's better for you to find and take that job um, and put yourself out there because everybody's doing it right now. And there are more competitive people everywhere in the world. So um, get out ahead of it, stay competitive. And yeah, if that job calls you away from Lafayette, Louisiana, then I guess you're going to leave Lafayette, Louisiana. Like that's, that's just the bottom line for it. We can't be so scared of, of what's coming out there that we don't take those shots. Um, and people make this move all the time. We're not different or special, right? Like, if, yeah. they're, if they're doing it, we're going to be fine. Uh. Wow. Um, look, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. I know this is probably going to be uh, one of the few times that you and I uh, speak face-to-face. For sure. Um, I know uh, earlier this week we went and grabbed a photo together on your porch, your back porch. Uh, we talked a little bit about... Uh, burrito meat yeah. and gentrification, yeah. which was an interesting segue <laughs> yeah, to kind of how that uh, how that worked. Um, and we ultimately concluded that gentrification uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing, uh, depending on the circumstances. Yeah, but absolutely. that's for a that's conversation another day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I hope the best for you. I hope your move goes great. I hope that you. Uh, you blow Waverly out of the water and you end up doing big things well, either you. with that company. And if you don't stay with that company, I know you're going to do big things regardless. Thank you. And um, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. I uh, miss you all as well. You know, uh, I've only had the opportunity to talk with you a few times and uh, I, I look at you as an inspirational person. Oh, thanks man. I know that uh, I don't want to just put that out there lightly. Um, <laughs> So, and I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening, if they uh, are familiar with you and know you, they're going to they're gonna miss you too. Uh, I don't know why I'm feeling like I'm starting to like get a little teary-eyed. I don't know. I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just weird though. You know, you, 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 uh, you impacted a little bit of my life with some of the things that you, you've done and said, especially with uh, the video that you made and you got like all these interviews like... I feel like there's a part of me I see, in, like, or, or I see a, a part of you and me, like, uh, however that saying yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. you know how it goes. Because um, I was, I was in a position where I was trying to find my way around, and like, yeah. I want to stick my place, my feet somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, look, good.
Good luck to you. No, thank you. And uh, we hope to see you back. I'm pretty sure you'll make some visits. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Hope to uh, make it for festival and all the other great things that come our way. Yeah. Hopefully uh, everything next year yes. happens without this big epidemic. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to get back to some some sense of normal. normal. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Evan. It was a pleasure, and as always, uh, we look forward to seeing what you do. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.